This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Let's do this. You ready? All right. How many know there's a person that you want to be, and then there's a person that you are? Can I get an amen for anybody? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me put up this picture. Do you got that picture of me and Michael back in the day? Look at that cute thing. Oh, my gosh. That's Michael, okay? 14-year-old, which I'm super proud of. He, uh, he's actually leading his first worship song tonight at youth group, everybody. Come on, give it up for that. I'm so excited for him. Uh, he used to be my, I told him the other day, he used to be my Bears buddy, okay? Now he won't watch games with me because he says I'm too intense, okay? He, just, he can't stand the intensity, okay? But this is Michael. He was probably, I don't know, he was probably around three. Doesn't he look a lot like Luke or Luke looks a lot like him, okay? He's probably three. And uh, Fridays were for me and him. Man. I loved Fridays. Fridays were my day off. And he knew on Fridays that Fridays were like this day that was just, you know, me and him, special day. And um, every Friday, we didn't have a lot of money, but I always made sure I saved just enough that uh, me and him went to Chuck E. Cheese every Friday, every Friday morning. Was, nobody was there. It would just be me and him. And I wanted him to know, you know, that on Fridays it was our day to spend together. And he got, you know, he got a little older. And so, you know, we'd go to Chuck E. Cheese and then sometimes we'd go um, to this bouncy place and they had this massive, I mean, it was probably as tall as this room. They had this like, it was a tiger slide. It was like the mouth of a tiger and you would just like climb up it and slide all the way down. And we would do this like for like two hours, like over and over and over again. And um, it was my goal to be the best dad. Like when I, when we had Michael, like my goal in my heart was, I just want to be the best dad ever. And I want to be a fun dad. That was like, that was like a big deal to me that I'm like, I want to play with my kids. I don't want my kids to have memories of me not playing with them. And so, you know, Fridays were our day. And life was simple, you know? I was a youth pastor, I was young, I was in my 20s, um, I probably played way too much basketball at that time, you know, it was just a simpler time of life, and those days were for me and him, but it's amazing, like, how quickly, like, that kid is now 14, you know, he's in eighth grade this year, and he's gonna, you know, lead worship for the first time, a, a thing that God spoke to us a long time ago, over 14 years ago, about 
us having a son and us having a church and he would become our worship leader someday. But how many know this? That in life, life doesn't get more simple. It becomes more demanding. Can I get an amen from anybody? You know, at one time it was just Michael, but then Ben had to come into the world. You know what I mean? And all Ben's personality had to come out, you know, and and then after Ben, you know, Luke had to come into the world. And then, you know, we became, you know, you know, youth pastors, but then we were creative pastors. And then we weren't just creative pastors, we were associate pastors. And then we weren't just associate pastors, we were pastors over all the kids' ministry and all the youth ministry and all the college ministry from zero all the way to almost just adulthood. And life got busier, and then all of a sudden, God was like, hey, I need you to go start this church in Cincinnati. And so we moved four years ago, and we just, you know, stepped out in faith, and, and we pioneered this church. And every step of the way, it's been good, and it's been great. But how many of you know that the responsibilities grow? And it feels like more and more, I, just being honest, I don't feel like I'm the play dad, but I'm really the distracted dad. And I think that this is something that we can all relate to in life, this feeling of distraction. Yeah? Everybody feel me? There's so many things in this life, and they're not even all bad things. Can we just be honest about that? I think sometimes when we think about distraction, I think we think that, like, all these things in this world and all the things in life are just, you know, they're bad things, and, and we shouldn't even touch them. But the reality is there, there's a lot of things in our life that are really, really good, and, and God's blessing it, and God's favoring it. And, but it's still taking time and energy and mental space. We find ourselves distracted in this life. And Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 6, okay? Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Verse 24, it says this. How could you worship two gods at the same time? You'll have to hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while you're enslaved to the God of money, little g. Verse 25. This is why I tell you never to be worried about your life. For all you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothes, everything you need for your body. Isn't there more to life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant, reap, store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides for each of them with food. Aren't you more valuable than your father, aren't you more valuable to your father than they are? Verse 27. So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at the beautiful flowers in the field. They don't work or toil. Yet in Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty more than all of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dries up and then is burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, even though you live with such a little faith? Verse 31. 
So then, forsake your worries. Love that. Forsake your worries. Forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For these are the things that unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father know about the things your body requires? Verse 33. This is, this is the verse. Okay? This is where Jesus is taking all of us in this passage to. Right here. Verse 33. So above all, all things in your life consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then in all these less important things will be given to you in abundance. Jesus is saying this. We're distracted in this life because we worry. Right? Really the things that distract me are big worries. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a touch ADD, okay? As many of you probably know, okay? You're like, no, really? Okay? I'm kind of like the guy that's like driving down the road, you know, and I just see something out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh, it's a squirrel. It's awesome. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that guy, okay? A little bit, just a little bit, okay? So, I'm probably easily distracted in this life. But really, the things that distract me in this life are what? The cares of life. Finances. Anybody worry about finances in here? Anybody worry about their families in here? Your kids, where they're at? Anybody worry about your job, your position, your future? Any of you worry about your marriage? Anybody worry about your vacation someday? Anybody worry about, you know, how are we going to get to this next step in life? These are the things that we really worry about. And these are the things that consume our minds. And these are the things that really bring what? Distraction. And pull us away from what? Seeking, chasing after Jesus and the kingdom of God. So we're going to talk about distractions today. We're going to talk about four different distractions. First one is this. At the beginning of that verse, it said this, that we are enslaved to the God of money. Point number one is this. Sometimes we can be distracted about money because we're enslaved to the small God, not the God, the little God of money. Now, me and Jess can testify, we dealt with this for years, okay? The whole tithing thing just was tough. If I'm being honest, it was tough to take that step of faith to be like, all right, God, first 10%, is yours, and it's always yours. It's not a question of like, sometimes it's yours, but it's always yours. And because we struggled with this, our finances struggled. There was times when we were super blessed, and then there was times where like, to be honest, like the water wasn't on, or the lights weren't on, you know? And we would like go from these extreme places all the time because we were in these extreme places in our heart because we weren't yet totally devoted to God's plan. Does that make sense? Like we hadn't decided like our finances are his and his alone. But when you get there, there's something that you're saying, okay? 
when you get there, you're saying this to all the distractions of money, okay? Because listen, I need you to understand something. Money is just money. It's just a tool, right? Like it just helps me to pay my bills, okay? So I think about it this way all the time. Like money is just something that helps me to pay for this building. But the money, I'm not worshiping the money. I'm not worshiping this building. What is this building for? It's just a place to gather the people of God, to encourage them, to make sure that they understand that they are loved, to make sure that you understand that you live the victorious life in Christ Jesus. So the money is just a tool. The money is just a tool for me to have somewhere to live. It's just, it's just a tool. But God goes, I don't want you to be enslaved to it. I don't want it to run your thoughts. I don't want it to run all the cares of your life. I don't want you to be worrying about it all the time. So God says, listen, if you'll tithe, guess what? I'll make sure that you are blessed beyond measure. That you are blessed to be a blessing. So when we tithe, this is what we're saying. Number one, we're saying this. Jesus is my master and not me. Right? Jesus is my master. I put him first in all things. The second thing it's saying is this. I trust that God has a better plan than I do. Amen? I trust that God had a, a better plan than I do. It is my birthday this morning. And I was in here last night, and I was just, like, worshiping and praying and, and talking to the Lord. And I was just kind of in one of those moments where I was like, like when Jess sang out that little part at the end of worship, when she was like, God, you're so good, you're so good. It was one of those moments where I was just like, God, I, I can't believe everything you've done. I can't believe where you've taken me. I can't believe that I'm the kid that the dad left and the mom couldn't take care of and grew up with the grandparents that passed away and then went and lived with the aunt and uncle that had no means and had no money and had nothing. I'm the kid that didn't go to college. I'm the kid, I'm the, I'm the statistic in this life. And I'm like, man, look at the goodness of God. And I'm just like, God, this is not me. This is you. This is always you. Always has been you. The third thing it says, it says this, I'm fully convinced and persuaded that God is the one who provides for my house. So you, you, we got to get this straight. Either you provide for your house or God provides for your house. So if you provide for your house, then what? You got to worry about your house. Correct? That's your care. That's your worry. That's your thing to take care of. But if God is the one who provides for my house, and God is the one that takes care of my money, then I'm like, God, this is your house. This is my house. You know it was a weird day? The day that I signed for this building, okay? 
I don't think there's a, Ryan Erdl was with me, and, I, and he looked at me that day, and he was like, you, you look a little nervous. I'm like, yeah, I'm signing for $1.2 million right now. You know what I mean? Like my name, not your name, my name. But I looked at Ryan in that little room. We were in this tiny little room, and I said, but the reality is, Ryan, it's not mine. It's not my house. It's not my property. It's not mine. It's the Lord's. And it's his house. And as long as I do the right things, and I put his kingdom first, he has to provide. He has to. And he always will. Amen? When I tithe, I can let go of money in my head. Because I go, you know what? God's really good. He's a really great father. And he is always, always going to take care of me. Point number one is this. We can let go worry when we trust Jesus Christ. Amen. Point number two is this. Birds. Okay. Birds. Birds. Okay. Uh, Years ago, I got to go hunting. Any hunters in the house? Okay. Like, love you, love you, okay? Now, I grew up in the city, okay? And, like, um, I mean, like, I, I had a BB gun when I was growing up, you know what I mean? Like, I thought I was dirty hairy with my little BB gun, you know, spring action, you know? But I had, a, I had a Glock version, you know what I mean? Like, how terrible was I? I would go to the gas station with it in my back of my pants, okay? Like, seriously, sometimes. Just a terrible kid, just terrible, okay? So I'd never been hunting you know, like in my life, and I uh, had a guy, I was working at a church in Dayton, and I had a guy, avid hunter, he said, hey, I want to take you hunting, we'll, you know, kill a deer, and it'll be super fun, and I was like, yeah, that, that sounds like an amazing time, and if you're like vegan, and you love, you know, all vegetables, just think of a deer as like a big carrot right now, you know what I mean, or, you know, something like that, all right? So, so he goes, all right, we're going to go hunting, and so he gave me all this stuff. And so I get up at like 3.30 in the morning. I take a shower in this soap that smells like dirt, okay? I promise you, okay? It was like a dirt uh, soap, okay? And I'm like, yeah, smelling dirty, smell like the woods, you know what I mean? And I put in all this camo on. I have tons of layers on. I get to his truck, and he throws me this bottle, and I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's deer urine. It's the smell of deer urine. And he's like, just put it all over you, you know what I mean? So I'm like dumping deer urine all over my body, you know what I mean? You know but, and listen, you know, you're talking about me, like, like super neat, super clean guy. But I'm like so excited because I'm going hunting. I got deer fever. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to shoot a deer today. And so we get out to the woods. It's probably 5 o'clock in the morning. It's pitch dark. It's freezing cold, okay? And he was like, listen, I'm going to put you right here. And then I'm going to go, like, over here, and then, like, maybe, like, in five hours or something, like, I'll come back and get you. And I'm like, five hours? I'm like, what are we doing out here for five hours? Aren't the deer just, like, going to come up and we're going to kill it and, like, go home? You know what I mean? Like, I'm hungry right now, you know? So, so we get out there, and we're sitting, okay? And I mean, we're sitting, and I'm sitting, and I'm sitting, okay? And we sat there. I'm not exaggerating this, okay? Just literally, because there's no cell phone coverage. She literally thought, like, 
I got abducted in the woods, okay? Because we sat there for 10 hours in the woods, okay? 10 hours, okay? I didn't see a deer, let alone a rabbit, okay? I didn't see a rabbit. I mean, I would have shot a rabbit, okay? I would have shot a squirrel. I would have shot anything if I would have seen anything, okay? But you know what I did see that day? I saw every bird that God ever created in the earth, okay? That day, okay? Now, I am not a fan of birds. If you're a bird person, good for you, okay? I am not a bird person, okay? I was grilling last summer, and a bird flew over me and pooped right on my head, okay? No joke, okay? Last summer, we got birds in our vents. They were in the bathroom vents. They were in the kitchen vents. They were everywhere, okay? So I am, like, on a war. We, we had a bird trying to make a bird's nest right in front of the front door. I jammed that thing out every single morning. I'm not a bird guy, okay? So I'm out there. I'm seeing bird after bird after bird after bird after bird. And finally, it was probably, it took me about seven hours. And that needs to be known that, like, there's something wrong with me that took me seven hours for God to, like, get my attention, okay? But finally, God got my attention. And he goes, I'm showing you something. I'm like, what? He goes, watch. Watch him eat. He goes, nobody in the earth even knows that this bird's alive. Nobody cares about this bird. Nobody sees this bird. But he said to me, he said, I know. I know how to take care of that bird. I'll feed that bird. I'll give that bird a home bird has no worries. And this was in a season of my life that I totally thought that God had forgotten about me. Anybody ever felt that way before? You just feel like, man, have you forgotten me, God? Have you forgotten where I'm at? I was a youth pastor at Living Word and doing great things, but it wasn't what I felt like I was ultimately called to do. I felt like I was called to do this, but it, God hadn't released me. It wasn't time, and, and, and we wanted to start a church, and, and I wanted to buy a house, and I've told this story. The house we just, we just moved into is the first house that we've ever owned 15 years because the Lord always told us, no, this wasn't your home. You got to wait. You got to be patient. I wanted, I wanted to move on with my life. I wanted to start a church. I wanted to build a home. I wanted to move into the, into the bigger things that God had for me. And I was in a season where God was going, I just need you to be faithful. I just need you to trust me. I just need you to be okay. And remember this, Jeff. Remember this. If I cared that much about that bird, how much more do I care about you? And somebody here needs to hear that today. You're trapped in worry. You're trapped in fear. You're trapped in thinking like, God, have you forgotten about me? God, when are you going to come through? God, when is the breakthrough going to happen? He's just going, listen, I got a great plan. (laughs) 
I know it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Doesn't that just sound so simple? Like, yeah, God's got a great plan, but he really does. Like he's ordained every single day of your life and you're breathing for a reason still. Because he's still fulfilling his plan. This is what the book of Philippians said, that he has started a good work in you. But you got to remember something about God. This is what's really cool about God. He doesn't start with the beginning. He starts with the end, and then he goes back to the beginning to start it all together, okay? That's how God works. We think that when God created the heavens and the earth that he started there. No, he started at the very end in Revelations, and he worked his way back. This is how God works. God knows exactly where you're at in the process of your life. And he's taking you somewhere if you'll trust him and you'll let go of the worries. Point number three is this, such little faith. My study Bible says this. Jesus said to them, you have such little faith. It defines it this way. Little faith is a result of someone's failure to understand one's value to God. If I don't believe that I'm valuable to God, then how could I ever believe that God would be faithful to take care of my life, right? If I'm not valuable. See, we think, we think this way. Zach, come here, okay? We all love Zach, okay? He's got a beautifully groomed beard, and he looks a lot like Jesus and acts a lot like Jesus, right, okay? <laughs> but we all, we all think, man, we love Zach, and God's got his hand on Zach, and God is favoring Zach, and we, we want to see Zach blessed, right? Like, there's nobody in this church that wouldn't think anything different. Okay? But if you were to stand next to Zach, your thoughts would be, yeah, God wants to favor Zach, but I don't know if he wants to favor me. I know God wants to bless Zach, but I don't know if he wants to bless me. I know that God wants to take care of Zach's, you know, family's needs, but I don't know if he really wants to take care of mine. Why? Because we think that God values Zach more than us. Right? We deflect all the time. We're constantly like, yeah, God bless them. God bless them. God bless them. And the whole time God's going, if you would just understand that you're a son and a daughter of mine and that you have the highest value in my kingdom and that you can come to my throne whenever you need to receive anything that you need for your life, I am here to help you. Thanks, man. But here's the reality. If I don't believe that I have value to God, then how could I ever let go of my worries and my cares and my fears? If I don't have value with God, and if I don't believe that God is faithful to take care of my life, then guess what? I have to worry about my life, right? If I can't give it to God, how, how am I supposed to let go? I can't let go. I have to be the manager of my life. It's all in how we see it. Psalms chapter 
139, verse 17 says this, how precious are my thoughts about me, O God. They can't be outnumbered. He's saying, listen, God's thoughts for you outnumber all the grains of sand in the earth. He's thinking about you constantly. Love this other verse. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says this, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. He'll take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with a joyful song. I want, to think of, I want you to think about this for a second, singing, okay? You sing when you're joyful. This is why it's sometimes hard for you to come in and worship. Can we be honest? There are some Sundays you come in and we're worshiping and you're just like, I'm just, I'm just not joyful. Man. It was a rough week. It was a, it was a hard day. It was, it was a rough car ride to church. Can I get amen from anybody, okay? You're like, I'm just not there. Listen, when you sing, it's because you are joyful. So when God says that he delights over you and that he sings over you, it means this, that he is joyful about your life. He's excited that you're alive. He's excited about your future. He's excited about what you're going to do that day. And I think that sometimes we think, well, my, my days are mundane. I just get up, I eat the same toast every single day, you know? You know, like, can we get some avocado toast or something, you know what I mean? Like, I eat this, you know, bland toast every day, and I drink this black coffee, and I go to work, and, and I do my thing. But God's going, no, you are alive, and I love you, and I think thoughts of blessing and favor, and I'm planning out all the steps in the days of your future. I know it. Beginning to end, and my thoughts are never to harm you. My thoughts are always to favor you. My thoughts are always to bless you. I need you to come to me so I can calm all your fears. Worship team, you guys can come up. Point number four is this. The chase. Matthew 6.33 said this, Above all else, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and all the righteousness that proceeds from him. Why is God making such a value? Why is Jesus saying, this is so valuable? Okay, Jesus was saying, why I need you to chase after me is because of this. I need you to find your value in me consistently. See, the problem isn't with God, okay? The problem is with us. And the problem for most of us in this room is this. We didn't feel valued growing up. for a lot of us, the people that we were closest to, they didn't speak words of life.
lot of the words were harsh. A lot of the time you were wondering your position, if you were okay. See, when we don't grow up valued, it's really hard to think that God the Father would value us. I think all of us had value to some extent growing up, but I'm talking about the value system of heaven, okay? Which is completely different than the value system of this earth. See, God intended for something, that when we would chase after him, something amazing would happen. I listened to this podcast. It's awesome. It's called Conversations with John and Lisa Bevere. Highly suggested, okay? And they were talking about this scientific study that they did about prayer when we come to the throne room of God, okay? And it says this, that when we pray and we talk to God, it actually calms our nervous system. You ever wonder why at the end of service, you're like, you just kind of feel light? Because you've been worshiping. You've been in the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, he is adding value to you. He's encouraging you. He's loving you. His kindness is flowing to you. And it says scientifically that your nervous system, it's changing. And that you actually go into a place of rest. Rest in your mind. Rest in your soul. Rest in your body. The scientific study proved this. It said this. That it will decrease your heart rate, your blood pressure, cortisone levels. It said people who pray eat less. They don't stress eat. Can we get an amen for not stress eating, okay? We're helping people lose weight at Elevate Church. Come on now. See, God knew what he was talking about. He said, listen, I just need you to come and give me all this worry, all this stress, all these cares, all these problems, all these desires, all your hopes, all your dreams. Give them to me. You know, today's a special day for me. My dad left when I was three. My mom was a bit of a mess. And, and uh, my grandparents took me in at three years old. My grandpa was my dad. And when I was 10, he got cancer. And, and on my 11th birthday, July 28th, my 11th birthday, my aunt and uncle hadn't seen him in about three weeks because he was in really bad condition. And they brought me in to our house because he had hospice. And he hadn't been conscious for three, for three weeks. And they brought me in as soon as I walked in, he woke up. And it wasn't no today now. I know today now. It wasn't, it was the Lord. It was the Lord. And he woke up right away. And I walked over to him and he grabbed my hand. And every night before I went to bed, every night I would sit 
on his lap. And I would tell him about my day and I would tell him about everything in my heart. And at the end, at the end, he would pray with me. And then he would kiss me three times on the side of my head. He'd tell me, Jeffrey, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And he grabbed my hand and he said, I love you and I'm so proud of you. And he grabbed me and he kissed me on the head three times. And I walked out of the room and like five minutes later, he went home to be with Jesus. And today's the day that it's his birthday too. On July 28th, 1991, he saw Jesus. But for 11 years, he taught me something because I valued him more than anything in the world. He was my hero. He was everything to me. But he showed me for 11 years that I could sit on his lap and tell him anything. And then he would just love me. He was just showing me who Jesus was. This is Matthew 6.33. This is Jesus. He's going, just come, sit with me. Tell me your dreams. Tell me your desires. Tell me your fears. Tell me your worries. Tell me everything. We think that God's going to be angry with us, or we think that God's going to be disappointed with us, or we think that God's not going to favor us, or God's not going to take care of us, and He just goes, No, just sit with me. And I'll tell you that I love you, and I'll tell you that I'm proud of you, and I'll tell you that you're my son or you're my daughter, and I'm well pleased with you. See, there was something amazing. When I would leave my grandpa, when I would leave him, I would just be as free. I was just free. I didn't have a worry or care in my heart ever when I left his presence. Because as long as the person that I valued the most was pleased with me, I was good. I was good. And it's the same thing today. Listen, there's nothing more in this earth that I want more than to see the face of Jesus. I mean, there's nothing nothing. You could take everything I own. You could take everything. You could take my life as long as I get to see Jesus. And I understand it. It's not my time and it's not my moment right now. But when I pray, when I'm with him, I just go, I just want to see you. I just want to be with you. I just want to see you. I just want to be with you. And I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for Jesus to come back. I can't wait to see heaven. I can't wait to be in his presence because he is the one that I value the most. So when I come into this room and I come into his presence and I give him my worries and my cares and my dreams and my fears and everything inside of me, then you know what happens? I leave out of here free. Because it's not mine to carry anymore. It's his. And then I can go home and I can be the fun dad. I'm not angry dad. I'm not frustrated dad. I'm not tired dad. I'm, I have energy.
energy in life because I just talked to the person that I value the most. And he took all my worries. He took all my fears. And now I can go home and I can grab Luke and we can wrestle on the bed. I can go out to the basketball court and play basketball with Michael. I can sit down and watch a Studio C video with, with Luke, with Ben, and, and talk about video editing. I can, I can be present because my mind is not consumed with the worries and the cares of this life. I've given it to the one that I love the most and he loves me and he is for me and he's not against me and so I don't have to worry about them anymore. Amen? Why don't you stand up this morning? I want you to do this. I just want you to close your eyes for a second. And whatever worry or care, desire, hope, dream you came in here with today, I just want you to just start talking to God. Start talking to Him. Start releasing it. Start letting go of it. love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.